so tonight, in case you hadn't heard, um, we're going to be talking about Jesus, and specifically Jesus as a member of the Godhead. Um, and as you can imagine, <clears throat> to just give someone like the task of teaching on Jesus, that's like ridiculous because it could go so many different ways. You could you could literally spend your whole life learning more and more and teaching different things about who Jesus is, what his purpose was, who he has been in eternity past, who he will be in eternity future. There is such an abundance of information to know about Jesus that it would be impossible to even try and cover, you know, all of that in in one sitting. But the purpose of this teaching is we really wanted to introduce you guys to Jesus specifically as a member of the Godhead. So a member of, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The, the three members of the triune God, how they work together, how they interact, what each of their different roles and offices are, um, so that we can correctly identify, you know, which member of the Godhead is at work in each in different situations that we read in Scripture and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the place that we're going to go from here is be, because in, in times past, over the past you know, year and a half almost, that we've been, doing, we've been doing Identity House, we have talked a lot about the Father, which is awesome. We have gotten to know Father God as our Daddy, as Abba. We have gotten to know Him for, for who He is. You know, the, the Word says that Jesus came to show us the Father. And so we spent a lot of time diving into that and learning about you know, the heart of the Father towards us and all of that stuff. Um, and where we're going to go from here is we, we really felt like God was leading us, you know, as a leadership team and as a church and everything to dive more into learning about the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit and learning about spiritual gifts that are empowered by the Holy Spirit and, you know, flowing in those types of things. And, and we kind of realized that the thing that really was missing from the, the first part to that we have been, you know, have focused on over the past year and a half to, to where we're going. We haven't talked about specifically Jesus, mm-hmm. who he is. And Jesus is the most integral part of our faith as Christians. It's, he is the Christ, and it's literally in the word Christian. It's literally an, an integral piece of, of who we are and what we need to know about. So um, this teaching is is by no means whatsoever at all like an all-encompassing teaching about Jesus whatsoever whatsoever I my heart for this is to really give you guys some tools to identify Christ to identify Jesus in his role as God the Word his membership in the Godhead throughout Scripture so that you can develop a personal understanding and a personal relationship with him specifically and God as a whole, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, so that's really the purpose of this. Um, and I really just hope that this is kind of a launching point to set you off on your own journey. Because I, it is not my goal to have a personal relationship with God and Jesus and for you to ride on the co- coattails of that for anybody. For you to ride on the coattails of Ron's faith or my faith or Savannah's faith or you know Caleb's faith, anything like that. This is about your journey, and I just want to give you some tools to be able to go into it yourself and know Jesus for who he is within the Godhead and how he operates and what he does. So, with that being said, let's just kind of, let's go to, to Dad in prayer, and then we'll get started. 
So, Daddy God, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, come together as family and to dive into your word and to learn about um, who your son is, to learn about um, all the amazing things that he's done for us and how he has operate, operated throughout history as recorded in your word. There is so much good truth that we're going to unpack tonight. And so I just pray um, that you would give me the words to say that, that everything that is said would be specifically from your Holy Spirit and not out of my mouth, Father. Um, I just pray that, that you would help us to, to hear what you have to say, to, to not be distracted. Father, we rebuke the enemy right now in the name of Jesus and all of his, all of his plans to, to distract us and to pull us away and to, to scramble the message that's meant to be conveyed tonight. Um, I just ask that you would help me to keep it together, <laughs> to keep my composure as I teach because um, it's, there's, there's so much good stuff in here and I, my, my heart is really to convey it in the best way possible. Um, so I thank you, Dad. I give you all the honor and glory and praise for everything that you are going to do tonight. This is all for you. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so uh, you guys heard me praying, like asking God to help me keep it together. When I was putting together this teaching, I did not expect this at all, but I, I cried like so many times when putting together this teaching because it's just, there's some stuff in here that's so powerful that had never really hit my heart the way that it did when when going through this and putting this together so anyways just be on the lookout for that um all right so let's open our bibles to john chapter one if you guys want to learn about jesus specifically the writings of john are one of the best places that you can go uh to find that so to start out we're just going to read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and then we'll kind of come back through and unpack it. <laughs> so, can I get a volunteer to read John 1, 1 through 18 for me? It's a pretty, pretty good sized section. Caleb's, Caleb's on it. 1 through 18. In the beginning, God created... Oh, that's the wrong one. It did not go to the... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <clears throat> he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of, the, of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the 
begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. All right. Thank you, Caleb. So <clears throat> this is minus, minus a section in there that's, that's talking about John the Baptist. This is uh, a really, really, really good place for us to start um, in learning about who Jesus is in his role in the Godhead. Okay? Um, so let's just kind of go through it and pick it apart a little bit. Um, so the first verse says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We are clearly talking about, when we reference, when we reference the Word, when, when John references the Word, you can see there that it's capitalized. Okay? That's denoting that it is a, a proper noun. It's, den, it's denoting a person. Okay? It's, it's denoting a being. He's saying this being was with God and this being was God. Okay? So it is clear beyond a shadow of a doubt. We are talking about a member of the Godhead here. Okay? We are talking about either Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. All right, so let's keep going. Uh, verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. All right, so this is, this is some more information. This is saying that whoever this member of the Godhead is, God the Word, this is the member of the Godhead that created everything. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So whoever this being is, the Word he is the giver of all life, okay? The giver of all life to men. Uh, let's let's kind of skip down a little ways uh, because it it's talking about uh, you know this it's talking about this uh, how 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 John the Baptist was had had come into the world to to bear witness of 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 this being and all that type of stuff. Let's skip down to verse fourteen. It says, "And the Word." So we're talking about the same being. This member of the Godhead was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay? So by this point, you guys should recognize, based on what you know about Scripture, based on what you know about the Bible, that we're talking about Jesus. Okay? God the Word is Jesus. It says... The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The only time we know that God actually was made flesh and dwelt among us was in the personage of Jesus. That is who we're talking about. Okay, and it says, uh, And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So, this is pretty interesting. <clears throat> the only begotten of the Father. When we talk about Jesus, we always reference him, well not always, but many times we reference him as the Son of God. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is God's Son. Okay, but uh, some translations of the Bible will, will translate it as the one and only Son. Well, that's not, that's not exactly true because God has many sons. He says 
we, we were given the ability to be sons. And when you go into Genesis 6, it talks about and references angels and calls them the sons of God. Okay? You cannot, you cannot get past this word, the only begotten son. When it, mean, when it says Jesus is the only begotten son, it means that he is the only son that came from the essence of God himself. He is the only son that carries the divinity with him. Okay? That's, that's pretty cool. And we're, we're going to hit that again in verse 18. Um, so skip down to verse 17. It says, For the law was given by, by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. All right? It identifies him by name, which is great. We know who we're talking about. There's no questions about it. Jesus Christ. And verse 18, we'll end, it, we'll end it here. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So, this is something that we're going to hit a couple times throughout this teaching, but there's a really interesting statement that's uh, made here. No man hath seen God at any time. Okay, you think about all of the instances where God... Is, is referenced as showing up in the Old Testament. Okay? No man has seen God yeah. at any time. What does that mean? Think about it as we go along. No man has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son, the only, the only Son of, of Father God that, that carries the fullness of God's divinity in Him, He declares the Father. Okay? That's, that's pretty cool. So, this is, this is kind of just a really good jumping point for us, to, for us to go off of. Jesus is God the Word. That is his identity as a member of the Godhead. Okay? Anywhere that you see in Scripture, and there's only seven times actually that in the New Testament that Jesus is referenced as God the Word. Okay? And it's, it's pretty interesting because every single time that the Word in capital letters referencing Jesus... That's only used seven times in Scripture, and every single time is in the writings of John, believe it or not. Okay? It happens in uh, John chapter 1. It happens in, it happens four times in John chapter 1. It happens again in 1 John 1, 1 John 5, and Revelation 19. All of those are the writings of John, which is pretty interesting. So John had kind of an inside track on who Jesus was in the Godhead, obviously, which is pretty cool. But, okay, Ronald Webster, you are my guy for the Blue Letter Bible stuff. Go to, go to, go to uh, the first verse of the chapter, verse 1, and I want you to look up the word WORD, the capital letter, capital W-O-R-D. G3056, mm -hmm. Logos. Logos. All right. <clears throat> so, when John is writing this gospel... He decides to call Jesus by this name, Logos. Okay, Logos. Um, Ron, if, if you would go to... A little note about the Greek philosopher at the bottom. Yes. It says that a Greek philosopher named Heraclitus first used the term Logos around 600 B.C. to designate the divine reason or plan which, which coordinates a changing universe. That is so cool. That's super cool. So, John uses this word logos when identifying this member of the Godhead, when identifying Jesus 
okay? He calls him the Logos, the Word, okay? And so what we can get from this little note here, it says a Greek philosopher named whatever that name is, first used the term Logos around 600 B.C. to designate the divine reason or plan which coordinates a changing universe. So if you go back to the scripture, it says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the divine reasoning and plan that coordinates the changing universe. That's what the readers of this gospel would, at the time, would have recognized this to mean. Okay? He identifies this member of the Godhead as exactly that. And that's what he was, he was hoping and expecting that they would understand. That is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and so if you want to know who Jesus, who Jesus really is, um, there's a really, really great summary right here in, in, in the Blue Letter Bible. The outline of biblical usage. Ron, do you want to read point three right above that note? Yeah. Um, it says, In John, the, next, uh, the essential word of God, Jesus Christ, the personal wisdom and power in union with God, his minister in creation and government of the universe, the cause of all the world's life, both physical and ethical, which for the procurement of man's salvation put on human nature in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, the second person in the Godhead, and shone forth conspicuously from his words and deeds. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You guys, if you guys get a chance, go back and read that for yourselves um, because it it really just follows what we read in, in John chapter 1. It says, you know, in John, the word logos denotes the essential word of God, Jesus Christ, the personal wisdom and power in union with God, his minister in creation and government of the universe, the cause of all the world's life. We read that. He's the creator of all things. He's the giver of all life. We read that in chapter 1. Um, so it, it's pretty, it's, it's really, really cool. It says, which, um, which for the procurement of man's salvation... Put on human nature in the present in the person of Jesus the Messiah, the second person in the Godhead, and shown forth conspicuously from his words and deeds. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah. He is God the Word. He is Logos. He is He is the, the divine reason or plan which coordinates everything. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. So, um, alright, let's move on. So now that you, now that you guys kind of have that as a foundation, that's who we understand. God the Word to be um, from the writings of John. Let's uh, let's skip over to uh, yeah. So we've talked about we've talked about who Jesus is as God the Word. This is in the New Testament. I really want to spend a lot of time in the Old Testament, which is really great because we can we can learn so much about Jesus and who He is from the Old Testament. That's kind of why I have this board, and we're going to get into it here, here in a second, talking about some names of God and how to identify Jesus and the Father and all that type of stuff. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Um, so let's turn to Genesis chapter one. Um, so, we're just going to read the first three verses right quick. Uh, oh, shoot. Ryan, you want to read Genesis 1, 1, and 3, 3 for me? Yep. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Yep. All right. So, this is, this is kind of where I want to get into some uh, academic things for a minute. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. It's not going to be overbearing. It's, it's going to be really, really good because uh, I kind of want to convey to you guys a tool for, for reading the Old Testament and identifying who Jesus is in the Old Testament. Because, look, let's be real for a second. For, for the longest time in my life, and I'm sure you, know, you guys maybe probably are, are at this point, when, when we read stuff in the Old Testament, there are all of these instances of God, of the Lord, of the Lord God. There's all these instances, and we just read through it and gloss over, oh, that's God. But I really want us to get specific, and there are different names of God in Scripture in the original Hebrew text that don't get translated into English, and they have differences for a reason, but nobody thinks about those reasons. Nobody, nobody you know, really dives deep enough to, to figure out what's actually going on and who is doing what, because here's the deal. The nature of God is a Godhead. He is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Ghost. Okay? Yes, all three members are God in His fullness. However, each of the three beings, there's three beings for a reason. They each have different roles and different offices. Okay? And to understand what each member of the Godhead does, what the Father God, what Father God does, what He thinks, what He says, how He acts, um, what God the Word does does how what he says how what he thinks how he acts the spirit the same thing it's really really enlightening and we can learn so much about the nature of of who god is and how he interacts with creation through learning about that so i actually want to dive into some some of some of what's in here um so i've got this board that has a few names of God from the Old Testament on it. Can everybody see that? No? Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about some of these. Just take it. So we've got, we've got four names. Alright. The first one is Lord in all caps. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Alright. That is... <clears throat> The Hebrew word in the Strong's Concordance, H430. And it means Elohim. No, it means Jehovah, sorry. It means Jehovah. Not Elohim. I, I read it straight off of my page. It's wrong. It means Jehovah. Okay? Jehovah. That's that is one name of God that occurs in the Old Testament. The second one, the second name of God that occurs in the Old Testament is capital G, little o, little d, which in the Strong's Concordance is H3068, and it is Elohim. So we're going to focus on those for a minute. Jehovah Elohim. So these names can occur by themselves. So you can see an occurrence of just, just Lord in all caps. You can see occurrences in scripture of just God, capital G, little o, little d. 
or there are tons of occurrences of these names occurring together. Lord God. Okay? So this is, this is a name of God that can be found through Scripture. And because of the fact that they occur so many times throughout Scripture together, we know that they are denoting the same being. Okay? So just think about that as we go. In Genesis 1, 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Which, re- reading that scripture, which one of these names on this board is noted? Elohim. Elohim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can see it. You can see it right here. Yeah. It's capital G, little o, little d. It's Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. And Elohim said, let there be light, and there was life. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So. uh, Yeah. Uh, That is one of the recognized names of God. And so what I want to do as we kind of move forward, I want to try to identify the different members of the Godhead in the Old Testament by their names. It's going to be really cool. So, Elohim. We want to figure out who Elohim is. Alright? Well, we have a clue, don't we? From John chapter 1. What is John chapter 1? Who does John chapter 1 says, uh, by him all things were created and all things exist? The Word. The Word. Who does Genesis 1 says created the heavens and the earth? Elohim. Maybe the same person? Could be. I think so. But let's learn. Ah! Oh, I'm let, sorry. Don't get ahead of me. Let's do some. Let's let's go some more. Uh, this did speak. Huh? The word. The word. Yeah. Um, let's go some more. Uh, turn to turn to the next chapter in Genesis. Genesis two seven. Genesis two seven says. Here, here's the second occurrence of a name of God, all right, that we've already discussed. And the Lord God. Look in your Bibles. Which, which one of these words is it? Is it this top one or the bottom one? The top one. It's capital L. All, it's Lord, all caps. Lord, all caps. And then capital G, little O, little D. It is Jehovah Elohim, okay? And Jehovah Elohim formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and became a living soul. And Jehovah Elohim planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Alright, so we got the same guy. Think back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 in verse uh, verse 4. What does verse 4 say? It was the giver of life to all men. The word. The word. What does Genesis 2 7 says? What does Genesis 2 7 say as to who gave life to man? Jehovah Elohim. Elohim. I'm gonna submit to you guys today that Jehovah Elohim is God the Word. Mm -hmm. Jehovah Elohim is Jesus in his pre-incarnate state. (sighs) Pretty cool. Super, super cool. Alright. So it's it's clear that. Because we see these two names occurring together, Lord in all caps, 
and God, capital G, little O, little D, that those denote the same being, the same entity, the same member of the Godhead. Okay? Yehovah Elohim. Remember Yehovah Elohim. All right. So there's a couple other uh, names of God that are found in Scripture. It's these two down here. Capital L, little O, little R, little D. Adonai. Adonai. Okay, you can find that. We're going to see a couple scriptures where that's found. And then the last one is God in all caps, which is Yehovah in the original Hebrew. Yehovah. It's Y-E-H-O-V-I-H, which is in contrast to Yehovah, which is Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. In the Hebrew tradition and stuff, the Yehovah is often referred to as Jehovah with a J. Yeah. And sometimes you guys may have seen it um, uh, just spelled without the vowels, like the Y-H-W-H. Yeah. That is like, in, in Hebrew tradition, that's like the unspeakable name of God. Okay? Yahweh. That is, that is, that is this name, Yehovah. Okay? So we're, we're talking about some names of God here. All right, so it's like I said about this the cat the the Jehovah Elohim. It's very 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 common to see these together in Scripture, um, and they're always together, denoting the same being. Same deal with these, with Lord God Adonai Yehovah. Those are many many times in Scripture put together to identify the same being, and and this is like these together are a singular name Jehovah uh, Adonai Yehovah. Okay, so. Just uh, just think about that as we continue to go. All right. So I want to show you guys in Scripture that these two names are not referencing the same person. Okay? Yeho, Yehovah Elohim and Adonai Yehovah are not the same person. They're not the same being. They cannot be. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture. Everybody turn to Isaiah chapter 48. Oh. That's good. <laughs> You're right. What do you spell Isaiah? Huh? What do you spell Isaiah? I S A I A H. We are in oh, Isaiah chapter 48. We're starting in verse 12. All right, so as we read, I need you guys to be very, very, very aware of these names and being able to identify which one is which because they get used together in the same sentence a couple times. Okay, be very, very aware. All right, so Isaiah chapter 48, starting in verse 12. If you, so this is like a really long exhortation type of that's kind of littered with prophecy and has like just a bunch of stuff in it and it is very clearly God talking now when I say God I am referencing this guy Elohim because if you if you go back to like chapter 47 and 46 it's made very clear that the person who is speaking is Jehovah Elohim right here so, verse 12, Jehovah Elohim says, Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel my called. I am he. 
I am the first, I also am the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth. So that's another indicator that we're Jehovah Elohim because we know Jehovah Elohim is the creator. Okay, we know Jehovah Elohim is the word as identified in, in John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. Okay, so we know that this is Jehovah Elohim speaking. My hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call up to them, they stand together. All ye assemble yourselves and hear, which among them hath declared these things? The Lord hath loved him, he will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. We can skip down to verse 16. Um, Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret, still Jehovah Elohim speaking. I have not spoken in secret from, this, from the beginning. From the time that was, there am I. And now, the Lord God, capital L, little O, little R, little D, God, all caps, the Lord God, Adonai Yehovah, and his spirit hath sent me. Yeah. Who is the sent one? Jesus. Jesus. Who does this scripture say sent him? The Father. Adonai Yehovah and his spirit. I'm going to submit to you guys that Adonai Yehovah is the Father. And Yehovah Elohim is God the Word, which is Jesus in his pre-incarnate state. Ask question. Yes. Okay, so to the, as you're reading, it's saying that Jehovah, so Jehovah Elohim is talking. Yep. To Isaiah. Yep. So in the New Testament, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Jesus say that He goes to the Father on my behalf? So when we're praying, we're actually praying to Jesus, and then He takes that to the Father. Thus, in Isaiah. That would, that would make sense that Jesus is talking to them instead of God talking because before he's even come down to the earth he's already acting as that yeah we're gonna there's something that I want jumping ahead yeah, a little sorry. bit yeah yeah a little bit there's there's something really really cool uh, that we're gonna talk about kind of at the end remind me of that question when later <laughs> hopefully it'll be like the right timing I don't know um, so that's what I submit to you guys that Jehovah Elohim is Jesus, God the Word, Jesus in his pre-incarnate state, and Adonai Yehovah, or Adonai Yehovah is God the Father. Why do I say that? Because in verse 16 it says, And now Adonai Yehovah, the Lord God, and his Spirit hath sent me. The Father and the Spirit sent the Son. So, me in my, my state of being prior to having this knowledge <laughs> read through the old testament and just saw every occurrence of lord and god and lord god just said oh that's god mm-hmm. it pays to know Amen. how they interact right. it pays to know which one is which and who is doing what because it gives you insight into how god operates how god the father operates how God the Word, Jesus the Son, how He operates, and how the Spirit operates. Really, really, really important. Okay. Um, So we see very, very clearly that the three members of the Godhead are doing separate things here. Well, the Father and the Spirit are doing the same thing, but the Father and the Spirit are doing the sending, and 
Jesus, God the Word, is the one that's being sent. Okay? So, three members of the Godhead doing different things with the same purpose. Now let's look at uh, an instance in the New Testament. So, this is one of the other occurrences of the word logos in the New Testament. 1 John chapter 5. I know this is all very academic at the moment, <laughs> which is okay. We need stuff like this every once in a while. We're going to get into some more, more things that made me cry later. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oops, I'm in John chapter 5. I need 1 John chapter 5. Uh, who wants to read verse 7 for me? Go for it. Yes. Hmm. That's oh. That's all? That's nope. All? What version you got? Oh. NASB. Ooh. Tisk, oh. tisk. Nice. Bang, bang. Oh, burn it. Nice. I was kidding. Don't, don't worry about nice. that. But. <laughs> okay. So here, here's, the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. That is, that is a caveat here. This teaching, and this, okay, let's be real for a second. This teaching is one of the big reasons why we like to stick with the King James, okay? Because this teaching doesn't work in other translations. Yeah. Can, I, can I yes. ask a question? Yes, 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 sir. This has been a big debate on Facebook for a long time because yeah. I got into a battle with some KJVers. Uh-huh. Um, to, to my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Yeah. The KJV was based on some notes, and I'm just going to throw some numbers out there. We'll just say they were based from 600 AD or BC, and the notes from NASB came from notes that were, that were dated back to 500 okay. BC. Okay, this is going to open up a real big can of worms. So we can can we have like a conversation about this later? Mm -hmm. Okay, because I know I we're very familiar with all the stuff you're talking about. Okay, um, and it's I I don't. I don't, we don't have time. But, but the, I just want to say one thing. Yes. Before we start talking about what, what the, NAS, the NASB took out of it, let's talk about yep. what the KJV added to it. That's, that's, that's where the issue is. And it's not, it's not an issue because I think that some a, a scribes from along the way said, hey, let's expound on this. Sure. And, and I don't think that, I don't feel that you know, the Holy Spirit only worked on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, when they, when whoever was that wrote those. You know, I don't feel that there was just only them that wrote that. I mean, the Holy Spirit works through you, he works through me. He works yeah, through yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all another can of worms. And we can have a conversation at the end, but that's cool. Um, because that's that's a whole, like, teaching series in and of itself of why why certain translations are the way that they are. Um, so let's let's just kind of move forward. I, I don't want to touch the translation part, part right now. I can read the verse. Yes, read the verse for me in King James or New King James. It's a seven, right? Yep, seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Yep. So we've got an instance in the New Testament of three separate members of the Godhead, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Same thing from Isaiah chapter 48. We've got Jehovah Elohim, who is the Word, who we have identified as the Word. You can dispute me on that if you like. Uh, and Adonai Yehovah, the Lord God, God the Father, and His Spirit. 
So really, really cool how uh, both testaments testify to this fact. Okay. So, uh, in both of these scriptures, I'm just going to look at my notes here. Both these scriptures, three members of the Godhead are made plain, and their different names are clearly identified. Yes, but in both scriptures, there are different names clearly identified. Uh, God the Father, God the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, now you guys can know, based on what we've seen from the na- these names of God, that anytime you see Lord God, Yehovah, Yehovah Elohim, that we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus in his pre-incarnate state as God the Word. As God the Word, This is the tool that I wanted to give you guys for reading the Old Testament. So here's the deal. When the Bible was translated into English, a lot of stuff got lost. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Because specifically the Old Testament, um, there is so much to the Hebrew language that does not get conveyed into English at all. And so you have all of the, you have these different names of God, you know, these four names right here, there, there, are, there are more that kind of describe these, but these are the main ones. Uh, we don't have English words for those four separate things. We've just got Lord and God. <laughs> and so uh, what the original translators did is they decided to use capital letters to di- differentiate between between them, which is a pretty, it's a decent way to go about doing it, I think. Um, but now you can, now you know when you go back and read the Old Testament, this is going to open up so much for you because now you know who is doing what. Now you can know that when Moses was talking to God in the burning bush, he was talking to Jehovah Elohim. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Moses was talking to Jesus in his pre-incarnate state as God the Word. Now you can know that when Moses was on the top of Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments and receiving the books of the law, he was receiving them directly from Jehovah Elohim, from God the Word, Jesus in his pre-incarnate state. When Moses saw the glory of, of God's hinder parts, he saw the glory of Jehovah Elohim. Amen. Yeah. He saw the glory of Jesus. Super, super cool. And so what a lot of people miss is a lot of people think, and we, we've kind of touched on this in, in times past, a lot of people think that the God of the Old Testament is the Father. That is not true. The large, large majority of the interactions, almost all, I will say almost all, it's not all, but the large majority of the interactions between man and God in Almost all situations in the Old Testament, you are dealing with Jehovah Elohim. You are dealing with God the Word. That's the reason in the New Testament why Jesus says, I came to show you the Father. If the God of the Old Testament was the Father, people would have already known about the Father and who He was and how He operated. He came to show us the Father because they didn't know. They didn't have, they didn't have any prior interactions with the Father. Jesus had to come to show us. Because the God that they knew was him in his pre-incarnate state as God the Word, Jehovah Elohim. That's just pretty yeah, that, wild and super cool. Um, so there, there are all these instances in the Old Testament where, where people are interacting with God. Abraham talks to God and, and uh, receives promises from God. He bargains with God over uh, the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah. You have 
you know, so many different things where, uh, like, Gideon is is talking to God and asking God to prove himself. You've got all, so, so many instances you can't even begin to, like, count them. When, when man is hearing from God in the Old Testament, it's this. It's God the Word, Jehovah Elohim. Know who he is. Know him. Okay? Way cool. All right, so let's, on, let's move on to uh, some other examples, and we're going to get talking about specifically, like, who Jesus is because that's what this is all about. But really, I just wanted to help you guys identify who he is. This is, like... Such a good tool. All right, so let's turn to Psalm 68. Did you? All right, we're going to be in verses 18 through 20. This is so good. Ah. All right. So Psalm chapter 68, verses 18 through 20. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Are you guys there, close to there? All right. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men, yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. So which which Lord God is this? Is it Jehovah Elohim or Adonai Yehovah? Jehovah Elohim. This is God the Word. Uh, that God the Word, Jehovah Elohim, might dwell among them. Blessed be the Lord. Uh-oh. This is a different Lord. This is the Lord Adonai. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord be long the issues from death. All right, so we got a couple different instances of Lord and God in there. We need to pick them apart and identify which is which because this is crazy. Okay, so we know in verse 18 it's Jehovah Elohim. Verse 19, blessed be the Lord, blessed be Adonai, blessed be God the Father who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God, even the Elohim, God the Word, Jesus of our salvation. He that is our God... He that is our Elohim is the God of our salvation. And unto God the Father, the Lord, belong the issues from death. You have to identify which is which because we've got two members of the Godhead working together in conjunction in this verse. Okay, verse 19. Let's, let's really look at that. Really look at this. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Father who daily loadeth us with benefits. Well, what does the New Testament say? Every, gift, every, every good, good and perfect gift comes down from who? Which member of the Godhead? Christ. The Father. The Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. The Father. But then what does it say? What is the first benefit? The God of our salvation. The Elohim of our salvation. Jesus is the good and perfect gift. Jesus as God the Word is the good and perfect gift. What? You see how much it pays to know which member of the Godhead is doing what? Which is being referenced? Yeah, dude. The Father loadeth us with benefits, and the first benefit is the God of our salvation, Jesus. Elohim. 
verse 20. He that is our Elohim, is the, that is our God, is the God, the Elohim of our salvation. And unto the Father, unto Adonai, Yehovah, belong the issues from death. Well, what does that mean? Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father. Stupid cool. <laughs> Stupid cool. Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Father did. So Jesus is the God of our salvation. The Father is the one that raised him from the dead to give us that victory in the resurrection. What? Way cool. Who it says belong the issues of death. Yeah. The sins were the place before him, and then as he was raised out of death, it was new life. Mm -hmm. So is that saying that like the issues being the sins? I think that's what I think. What's up? The word issues there mean um, exit, i.e., geographical, there you go. or figuratively, as in deliverance. There you go. Um, the deliverance from from death. Yeah, crossing the border, going in and out, yeah. outgoings. So God the Father orchestrated that for Jesus. Super cool. Super cool. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when I read that, that really got me fired up. Because I was like, man, I understand. It makes so much sense. Based on what you know from the New Testament of who did what, you can see it in the Old. Yeah. You can see it in there once you understand these names. It makes total sense. Um, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah 25. We're going to be in verse 6 through 9. Somebody read that for me. Go for it. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make to all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the dregs, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on dregs well refined. And he will destroy on this mountain the face of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from from off all faces and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken it and it shall that's be it, that's it. Oh, okay. oh no no keep going sorry sorry you said nine right? yeah I did I did keep going nine. my bad and it shall be said in that day lo this is our God we have waited for him and he will save us this is the Lord we have waited for him we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation thank you okay we need to go through this and identify the members of the Godhead again based on the names. <clears throat> so, in verse 6, it's, And in this mountain shall the Lord, all caps, Jehovah. This is God the Word. This is Jesus in his, well, this is actually a future prophecy. So this is Jesus. Shall make unto all people a feast of fat things, Etc. Etc. Wine, all the good stuff. <laughs> Verse seven, and he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people, 
and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory. Jesus, God the Word, will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God, which one? Adonai Yehovah, God the Father, will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I knew I was going to cry at this. I cried like three times reading this, setting it up, putting together this teaching. Do you guys understand what this is saying? This is saying that Jesus goes to battle for you and that he is going to win the war. And when he does all this stuff, destroys the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And when he swallows up death and victory, he takes us. He says, I saved you. And he turns us over to Daddy God to wipe away our tears. So amazing. That's so amazing. He will swallow up death and victory. And the Father, the Father, Adonai Yehovah, will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people, of the Father's people, shall he take away from off all the earth. For the Lord, for Yehovah, for the word hath said it. Jesus declared that this is what's going to happen. And it shall be said in that day, Lord, lo, this is our God. This is our Elohim. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord Jehovah. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Guys, this is who Jesus is. When we're talking about the members of the Godhead, when we're talking about what Jesus is, who he does, what the Father is, and or who the Father is and what He does. Jesus is the way maker. Jesus is our salvation. He is the champion that saves us. And then through that saving, makes it available to, to turn us over to the Father so that we can be reconciled in relationship with Him. Because that's what it's all about. Jesus is the way Jesus is the truth that, and the life that brings us back to the Father. And all it takes is accepting Jesus. Jesus in Joel. Ah, Joel chapter, is it 2? I think it's 2. Joel chapter 2. Nope. Oh, I have a note of it here. In Joel chapter... Joel chapter 2, yeah, verse 32. Joel 2, 32. Oops. It says, And he, and it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Jehovah, will be saved. That is who Jesus is. That is who Jesus is. Uh, the rest of that verse, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as Jehovah hath said, and in the remnant whom Jehovah shall call. Jesus is our way. He is the way maker. You can go through in, in the book of John when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What he means there is he's, he's saying, I am your way. 
to salvation and reconciliation to the Father. That's who Jesus is. Jesus came to show us the Father so that we, through him, could be reconciled to Daddy God. I am, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of convinced, and I've, I've been going back and forth in this in my mind uh, over and over as I was putting this together. Um, but uh, in, I think it's, is it Colossians 1? It says, by, through the word, through Jesus, by him all things were made, and all things were made for him, or something like that. Yeah, for him. So everything that was created was created for Jesus. Amen. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created for relationship with Amen. Jesus, that specific member of the Godhead. Amen. What I'm about to say, I don't have any like biblical uh, proof for, other than that when Jesus came uh, to the earth, he said, I come to show you the Father. You know, I truly believe, and you guys can... We, we can have a talk about this because I, I think this just opens up curiosity and stuff. I truly believe that because, because Scripture says that we were created for Jesus, that his intent was really to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden, to walk and talk with us in a relationship, yeah. but that his intent in that relationship was to show us the Father. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I think. Exactly. His intent in that relationship with Adam and Eve was to show them the Father who was not you know, readily accessible because he's in, you know, he's in the heavenly places. They couldn't be up there where he is on his throne, you know, but that's what Jesus is all about. That's who Jesus is. It's showing us daddy. He is the way maker for us to, to go and to go to him, and make God available. Oh, okay. So the word and the father have different roles and offices in our relationship with them. All right, I've just got, I've got two scriptures to close. Uh, this is Colossians 1. Oh, my goodness. Colossians 1, verses 11 through 22. I'll just go ahead and read this. <clears throat> Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father with which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the Son's blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The Son, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him, this is the passage, for by him all thing, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That's what I was referencing. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased who? It pleased the Father that in all that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, 
and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Guys, that's who Jesus is. And you can see throughout that passage how Jesus and the Father work together. It pleased the Father that the fullness of the deity would, would dwell on Jesus. Okay? And then Jesus, in order to reconcile all things unto himself, went to the cross to die to make a way for you. That is who Jesus is. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You, we, I went back and forth in putting together this teaching of just like listing all of the things that Jesus is about how, you know, he's our redeemer, he's our propitiation, he's the sacrificial lamb. There, there's so, so many things that you can describe Jesus as. Um, but I, I really just think like reading that scripture right there Go, go back and read it for yourselves and really like dive in because I mean we could do this for for another couple hours but we don't we don't need to do that I, I want to to launch you guys off into your personal relationship with with God both God the Father and God the Word because you need to have a relationship with both and that's going to set you up for relationship with the Spirit which is what we're going to go into next in the next few weeks um, all right so I've got one last scripture to close with this, this right here, this gets me fired up. This is Jesus in Revelation chapter 19. Ooh, verse 11. Guys, you want to know, you want to know how awesome Jesus is? This is it right here. Revelation 19:11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That, that's one of the few, one of the seven references in Scripture, uh, the word logos that's used. This is the word logos. His name is called the Logos, the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. You guys want to know who Jesus is? Jesus is a violent champion that went up against death head to head and won so that you could be redeemed to your daddy. God, man. So that you could be redeemed to your father. He's the king of kings and he is the lord of lords and we worship him as such. That's who Jesus is. And if you guys can, can, can go into all of Scripture and just see, see like, who He is, everything that He has done. Like, yes, he, he is in many ways like a violent God, but He is violent against everything that 
that is harmful to, to his, his father's children, you know? He's, he's an avenger. He's like, he is, he's, our, he's our husband to be as the church. And he goes to battle for us so that he can make a way for us to hand us over to Daddy God so that Daddy God can take away all of our pain and wipe away all of our tears and so that we can have relationship with Daddy God. So if you guys want to know the God of the Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament is Jesus. All of the all of the wrath that was poured out, all of the prophecies that were given in terms of like all of the judgment that would be poured out, that's not an angry God the Father sitting up on his throne pouring down lightning and you know sulfur and whatever on Sodom and Gomorrah and judging people for their sin. That's Jesus. That same Jesus, however, came and gave his life and died a torturous, brutal death so that we could be reconciled to him and to his and have relationship with his daddy just like he does. That's who Jesus is. So I think I think we can end it there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys come out of that with a really, really valuable tool for reading through the Old Testament yeah. Yeah. and knowing who does what in terms of members of the Godhead. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Is there any questions, comments, or concerns? Oh, I told. What was the thing I told you to remind me about? About you know, Jesus speaks to us. Yes, I remember. I remember. Okay, so so here's something really really cool. If you guys go into your Blue Letter Bible app and you do a search for this word, Yehovah, which is God in all caps, you can see all of the places in scripture uh, that this word is used. And what's really, 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 really interesting that, and I haven't, I haven't dived into this deeply, I've just kind of done a cursory study of this as I was putting this together. What you will find is that in the Old Testament when people are praying to God, like when they say, God, help me with this, etc., etc., God, show yourself, etc., etc., they're praying to, to this entity, to the Father. They pray to the Father. Yeah. But the entity of the Godhead that answer, that always answers the prayer and interacts is this one. It's Jehovah Elohim. That's cool. And you know the reason for that? Is because Jehovah Elohim is the word. He is the spoken, you know, the spoken word of God. Like when God speaks, it's through Jehovah Elohim. It's through Jesus. Okay? But we pray to the Father. That's what happened all in the Old Testament. And it's crazy because that's the way Jesus taught us to pray. He said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We pray to the Father. But Jesus is the one through whom we have access. And that's like, it's so cool. So that's another thing that Jesus is. You know, we pray in the name of Jesus to the Father. So if you guys are, if you guys have heard people that are praying to Jesus, they don't got it right. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father. 
because Jesus, when he died and that, that curtain was torn from top to bottom in the temple, you know, he became our priest and our intermediary between us and the Father so that we could go directly to him. We pray to the Father through Jesus. That's who Jesus is. He's our high priest. He made the way. He's our, he's our mediator. And he gives us access to Adonai Yehovah, to the Father. Super cool. Super cool. So, yeah. You know, you studied all this, and I was the first time I've ever noticed it, where it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. And it says Lord with lowercase letters, but it says Lord of Lords, capital letters. So, okay. Yeah, that's something that I should have made clear, and I'm sorry about that. Um, in the New Testament, this doesn't apply. This stuff doesn't apply with the capital letters in the New Testament. This is only Old Testament stuff. Because the New Testament is in Greek. These names do not exist in Greek. Right. Well, what is that significant though? Like I, I was just curious I never noticed it like that where it's all capitals. I always thought it would be the other way around. Yeah. Lords of lowercase lords. Yeah. Uh, I haven't uh, studied that particular passage in depth enough. And I, I, I cannot tell you specifically why it's in all caps right there. Uh, I can look into that and maybe I can get back to you unless one of you guys have has an answer to that I don't know the specific reason why um, we can look at it we can look at the actual words in the Greek though um, so yeah the the yeah well it is in his Bible too um, the, the words are just the normal words for king and lord Basilius and Kyrios in the Greek. So I'm not sure why it's all capitalized other than other than maybe it was written that way in the original Hebrew uh, to, for, to note that that's the way that it would be written because John was literally seeing this in a vision. He was getting the revelation of, of Jesus Christ in a vision and uh, it says on his vesture and on his thigh name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Maybe it was in, I don't know, whatever all caps is in Hebrew or Greek or whatever language he was singing in. I don't know. I don't know, but I'd have to look into that more.